0: Welcome to the Transformed Maternity and Birth Podcast with me, Trista, your host. I am a mother, a wife, a doula, and women's health advocate. I am here to dive deep with you into pregnancy, birth, postpartum, women's health, and all things around being a mom. I'm passionate about educating women on their options, empowering you to love and know your body, and getting to the root of the issues that we tend to put band-aids over. I cannot wait to get started with you. Let's do it. Well, hello and welcome. Um, This is episode number two of the Transform Maternity and Birth podcast with me, Trista. Um, So I thought I should start by introducing... um, my birth stories. So the first one is with Haley, my daughter. She's now six. I cannot believe I'm a mother of a six year old. It's so, so bizarre. So I'll start with um, getting pregnant. So this was in 2012, and we were kind of going through a long time. Like um, it was about nine months before we conceived Haley. And it was really hard really really hard because um like those of you that are struggling with fertility issues or have in the past it's it's really hard to go month after month and getting negative tests or thinking that you might be pregnant and it's negative or you're staring as hard as you can at that pregnancy test wanting a second line to just pop up or it's it's really hard um so nine months of trying we decided you know what let's take a break let's stop trying um, I'm going to get back on birth control and the birth control made me a little crazy. I was super emotional. And those of you that have been on birth control can probably relate because this is not just a freak accident. Like it happens all the time. Um, I know because the estrogen in the hormones kind of, they're synthetic hormones and you're adding them to your already established hormones in your body. And it just creates this a madness. Um, some women do really good on them and some just don't tolerate it well. Um when I was younger I tolerated birth control really well, but um for some reason this time it really messed with me. Um and so I talked to my doctor and he's like, "Yeah, let's take you off of that." So he threw it away. Um and within like the next month I was pregnant. Um so really really funny. Um <laughs> how fast that happened. So I'll tell you how I found out. So um I found out that I was pregnant on September 10th, 2012. Um it was really, really surprising, like I said. And since we had decided to wait to get pregnant, we made the decision to get another puppy to join our family. So, <laughs> and I don't know if this is just us, but when we are like baby hungry, it's it's easier to just get a puppy. And I know that's, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> but so we decided to get a puppy because we were going to wait, like I said. And when we went to pick him up... Um, the day, the day after I found out I was pregnant, oh my gosh. And I was so shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. And we have a new puppy, like, oh my heavens. Um, so it was pretty crazy. So I was going grocery shopping the day after I got him and I was like, I feel like I'm pregnant, but I don't want to see another test. So it's because it's probably going to be negative because I always feel like I'm pregnant. So I'm like, I'm just going to pick up one of these really cheap 88 cents. Um, pregnancy test at the store. And so I did, once I got home, I hurried and did it and went and put all the groceries away. Like I was really nonchalant about it. Like I didn't really make it a big deal. I actually forgot about it for a second. And I was like, Oh yeah, I did a test. So I went back in the bathroom and I peeked up over cause I put it up on top of the vanity mirror. So I couldn't see it unless I stood on my tippy toes and I stood on my tippy toes and I glanced over. And I saw two pink lines and I immediately like clasped my hands over my mouth and was like, oh my gosh, that's positive. Like I was like, and then I looked at this puppy that we just got and was like, what the hell? (laughs) So that was pretty like bizarre and crazy and emotional and exciting. And I, you know, when you first find out, you're like, what do I do now? What do I do now? And so I downloaded it, immediately downloaded like a pregnancy app and put all my information in there and just like gobbled up all the information, like your baby's the size of a sesame seed, or, um, you're probably feeling this and this, and don't tell anybody till you're 12 weeks and blah, blah, blah. And just, I just soaked up all the information. Um, so I Googled all these information, all these, uh, cool, crazy ways you could tell your husband or boyfriend or partner, um, that you were pregnant. And, um, I, so I was like trying to get all creative, you know, and, that didn't happen. (laughs) As soon as Josh got home, I was like, come here. So I showed him, I pulled the test out of my underwear drawer and pulled it up and showed him. And I was like, uh, here. And I'm like, open your eyes. And he opens his eyes and he's like, Oh my gosh, you're going to be a mom. And we both, well, I cried. He didn't cry, but we hugged and it was a really exciting, um, time. So fast forward six weeks, I woke up and was like, uh, super nauseous. Um, and I looked at him and I'm like, I, I'm, I don't feel good. Like, I I think I'm nauseous. And he's like, um, he was like, it's starting. Are you excited? And I'm like, uh, what? Not exactly excited about feeling like I'm going to puke, but I knew what he meant. Um, you know, it meant like the pregnancy was progressing like it should. And it was what you usually see on movies and you expect that to happen. Um, but I ended up having hyperemesis gravidarum. It was completely awful. Um, I had to get IV fluids given to me every week because I was so dehydrated. Um, but thankfully I worked with an amazing doctor who let me get them in the office on my lunch breaks. Cause I worked with my OB and he would just like, me, either him or one of the nurses would just like hook me up and, and I would take my lunch break by sleeping in one of the patient, patient rooms and having IV fluids given to me. And maybe I would eat if I could stomach down like a roll or something. Um, most of the time I wasn't able to eat, but at least I was getting fluids and that really saved me. Um, um, and it saved me and helped me to continue working 40 hours a week because we couldn't afford for me to not work. And I loved my job and it was a very busy job. And, and the, my patients really relied on me because, um, each, each doctor had their own MA and I was in, you know, and the doctor that I worked for was the busiest or one of the two busiest. And, and we saw a lot of pregnant women and we saw a lot of babies and all these things. And, And I really developed relationships with each of the patients and I loved, loved my job and, and I didn't want to not work. And plus working, I feel like it, it, um, distracted me from feeling so sick. So that was really nice. And, and I got my fluid, so I was taken care of. (laughs) It was hard, but it was good. Um, so that ended about 17 ish weeks And it was like the best feeling of relief to be able to eat and not be nauseated by smells or food and be able to really eat. And I did eat because, man, I love food. And when I'm sick, I don't like food. And so it's just like it's not me. So I was super excited to eat. Um, And then around 23 weeks, I developed something called hydronephrosis. And what that is, it's a condition where the ureter um, – that connects from the kidney to the bladder, it became constricted and it's just extremely painful. Um, and the only treatment is treating the pain and waiting for it to dissipate, or you can get a stent placed to open the ureter more if it becomes too constricted. Um, but thankfully mine only lasted a few weeks and no stent was needed to be placed. So that was really good. Cause I don't want, I didn't want surgery. I didn't want, um, that sounded more painful to me, honestly, than just like anything else. <laughs> so I just opted out of that and thankfully it was gone. Um, and then getting to the end of my second trust trimester was like really amazing. Um, once that happened, I was really loving being pregnant. Um, I loved feeling uh, my daughter move. It was like the best she would kick me up under my ribs. And she, um, every morning I I remember I'd like roll over and she would just start like going crazy. And I would just put Josh's hand on my stomach and feel her move. And it was like, you just build a a relationship already with them in the womb and, and you get to find out like they, they start to become, um, more active and they have like a pattern that they follow and, and you can kind of like predict, okay, they're going to be more movement at like this hour of the day, um. And she was really active when I was like sitting down at lunch or after um, work when I was charting. I would just sit down and then she would just start going crazy. But I was up on my feet all day so she wouldn't really move until I sat down. And, um, so it was just really funny. And she, exactly the same way when she came out. She, was, she hated to be put down. She always had to be held. And then when we found out she was a girl, that was really exciting. Um, it's funny too, like the second like right before I went and have the ultrasound, I had the ultrasound at my work. And so I roomed a patient real quick and her name was Haley, the patient that I roomed. And then I went to go uh, get my ultrasound done and my ultrasound tech was really awesome. And I was like, Josh isn't here with me, so I can't find out the sex without him. So can you just like record it and type it and then like give me a disc and I'll take it home and we'll do it that way. And she's like, oh yeah. So she like turned it around the ultrasound so I couldn't see it. And she like, um, was typing on it and decided or, um, typed up what it was. And she sends me on my way and I get home and we pop in the disc and the TV and, and it's a girl pops up and I look at Josh and I just start bawling. I'm like, what? Cause I for sure thought that it was going to be a boy. Like for sure, for sure. thought it was going to be a boy. So it was, it was, It was such a shock, but it was a good shock. And he looks at me and he goes, well, what do you want to name her? And I'm like, Haley, Haley. Like I just knew it was Haley. I knew I wanted to spell it the way I spelt it. Um, Like there was no doubt in my mind that it was Haley. And it just fits her perfectly. To this day, that's her. That's her name. Um, So 38 weeks and four days come. And I start having some painful contractions at night. Um, And it was really like... Like, nothing that I've ever felt before. Like, it was like menstrual cramps, but it was sharper. It was just kind of very uncomfortable. And I couldn't get comfortable. I'd lay down on my side, and Josh would, like, rub my back. And I didn't – it was like, oh, I should lay on my back and try to get him – like, he was massaging me because, like, I've seen that work before. But it wasn't working. Like, nothing was working. And he's like, should we go to the hospital? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess so because – Maybe this is labor. I don't know. Like, you know, with your first, you have no idea what to expect. You hear stories, but you like personally haven't gone through it. So you don't really know. And anyway, so we pack up the bag. Thankfully, I had packed my hospital bag and I didn't do it till like the last second because I'm a procrastinator like that. Anyway, so we get to the hospital. They check me in and they hook me up to the monitors and my nurse checks me and she's like, okay, you're like a one. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. Um, a one, that's that's better than I was last time he checked me. I was a zero. Um, and I had been 90% face for like a week. So, which is really awesome, actually, <laughs> to be that far-y face. It means that labor will most likely go a little bit quicker for me. But um, at that moment, I was kind of bummed and that I was only at a one. And the contractions did slow down a little bit. They didn't um, get more intense or anything. And so I was kind of like had a feeling that I wouldn't be staying, that I wouldn't, wasn't really in labor. But at the same time, these contractions, these contractions were really painful and they weren't easing up. So my nurse was like, well, I'll come back in an hour and check you. And if you have dilated more, then we'll keep you most likely. So she comes back in an hour. I'm still a one. And I'm like, ugh, really? Okay. So I'm like, okay, I know you're going to send me home, but these contractions, I cannot say contractions today. Oh my gosh. These contractions are super painful. Still, like I, I can't, I'm not gonna be able to sleep. And she's like, well, let me talk to your doctor. And the doctor was the doctor I work with. So I knew that he would help me feel comfortable. So he gave me a morphine shot. Um, and let me just tell you I've never had morphine before and that crap knocked me (laughs) out I was we went to McDonald's right after it was like midnight and we got a hamburger and I remember sitting on our bed and I was like eating it and like between each bite I was like falling asleep and like I'm like but I gotta eat this hamburger I gotta eat this hamburger (laughs) it was so funny um Anyway, so what I actually ended up having, that was prodromal labor. Um, And so prodromal labor is labor that starts and stops before fully active labor begins. It's also called false labor, but that's kind of a poor description of it. Um, Prodromal labor is really common, and it can actually start a few days or weeks or even a month or more before active labor begins, and it can just come on and off and on and off, and it's actually more common with um, subsequent births. Um, so we went to bed and then we, when I woke up the next morning, I was not having any contractions. They were gone. They had totally stopped. And it kind of made me sad. You know, I was like super excited and anxious for labor to begin and get to go through all this stuff. And it was stopped. It was done. I was like, crap. But I was, you know, like what, 10 days before my due date. So it wasn't like, I was overdue, but at the same time, I was getting really anxious and really excited to meet my little girl, so I started to clean my house, and I, like, deep cleaned my house and went crazy cleaning, and now I know that was nesting. but around, like, 12 or 1, I started having contractions again, and so I would go from the bathtub, and I would go sit on my birth ball and bounce and rotate my hips, and then I'd lay on my bed, So every time I had a contraction, I would either like lay on the bed or just stop on the birth ball and just breathe through it. And in between contractions, I would bounce on the birth ball or I'd go lay on, lay in the bathtub. And, um, so I would do that. And then it started to feel like I was sitting on her head when I was on the birth ball and that was really uncomfortable. So I'd sit on the bed, um, and I just couldn't get comfortable and this whole time, I'm at home by myself with my two dogs, you know, and Josh is at work and this is a Saturday. And so Josh is at work till like six or something. And so he comes home and he's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, good. I think I'm in labor. <laughs> and he's like, what? Oh my gosh, do we need to go to the hospital? I'm like, no, 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 no. Because I'm timing my contractions. I'm like, they're not even a minute. They're not they're not consistent. So like they would last a minute or they would last 30 seconds or 45 seconds or you know, they weren't consistent. And so I was like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, cause I wanted to stay home as long as possible. Cause a, that's what you do. That's the best idea. And then two, um, I didn't want to get sent home again because of the night before that was really devastating. And I did not want to do that again. That was not fun. And so I called my doctor and in between a contraction, I waited for one to end and immediately I called him and I was like, So I think I'm in labor, but I don't want to get sent home again. So would you be able to check me at the office? He's like, Yeah, but I don't think you're in labor because you're talking, you know? And I'm like, Yeah, I'm in between a contraction. So any minute now, (laughs) I won't be able to talk to you. He's like, Yeah, that's fine. So meet me at the office and I'll check you and we'll see how you're doing. So thankfully he did do that. Cause man, that helped a lot. Um, so I, we get to the hospital or we get to the doctor's office and I lay in the bed and he checks me and he's like, so what were you last night? And I said, a one, and he's like, Oh wow. You're like a four. And so he takes his hand out. Um, and my water breaks. It busts all over the room, like, all over him, all over the floor. Oh, my God. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. But it was, like, the coolest feeling. It was, like, this warm, just gush of fluid. Like, that probably sounds gross, but it was actually really cool, um, I thought. (laughs) But I'm kind of weird like that. And, um, Anyway, so I stand up and I'm like, uh, what do I do? I'm so sorry. Can I help you clean up? So I'm like trying to clean. He's like, no, 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 no. So he gets a towel and he shoves it in my pants to soak up the water. Cause every time I had a contraction, the water would keep gushing out and which is completely normal. And cause there's a lot of fluid in there and your body does actually keeps creating more fluid. And so it's like never really like completely gone in a sense. So Anyway, so it keeps gushing out, and so we get to the hospital, and my contractions are picking up, and this is when I wish I would have learned some coping techniques, because all I could do was, like, ride the pain out, just squeeze my hands and my eyes as tight as I can, and just, like, pray that they'd hurry up and go away. And because I never did, like, plan on, or I never, like, educated myself as far as, like, how to get through it because um, I was very discouraged from people telling me, you know, you should not go natural with your first birth. At least do an epidural with your first one, and then you can try for a natural with your other ones. And that's really discouraging for a new mom to hear, um, especially when it's like something that you really feel excited about is going unmedicated. And what ultimately made me decide that was that I had a, a, something called a hymenal septum. And what that – it's like a it's like a piece of tissue that sits right before, before your cervix, like where your hymen is. And it had torn weird. And so um, every time my cervix was checked, it would cause me excruciating pain. And so that ultimately made me make the final decision of, okay, yeah, I probably should – Get the epidural because he said I would either have to cut it or it's going to tear. And just having someone barely touch it was enough to put me in tears. That I was like, you know what? I'm going to get an epidural because I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel that tear, and I don't want to feel that being cut and sutured. So that's what made me decide to get an epidural and go ahead and medicated. So, like I said, I didn't do any coping techniques. I didn't. um, I decided. Oh, I'm gonna get the epidural, so I don't have to plan. I don't have to think about how to get through these contractions because once I'm in pain, I'm gonna get that epidural. But let me just tell you, if that's your plan, you need to educate yourself on how to cope through the contractions before you can get your epidural because you can't, you don't, you can't get your epidural right away. Like as soon as you feel pain, you're gonna feel some labor, and as long as you, if you can have a doula or if you can have um, someone there that knows counter pressure techniques and different exercises, um, not really exercises, but um, coping strategies to get you through those contractions and, and and hold that space for you and really be that mount or that rock that you need to lean on when you're having Really intense contractions, and you're just waiting to dilate until like, till you get to like a five or six to get your epidural. Um, I really highly suggest that because that would have been really helpful for me, and I probably would have made it a lot longer. So we got to the hospital, and um, my nurse looks at me and she goes, "Do you want an epidural?" I'm like, "Yes, please, get me an epidural." So they actually get that in really fast, which was really surprising because I've heard horror stories of women having to wait. A really long time for the epidural and it's just like really excruciating. So, and, and I feel that when, if you haven't prepared yourself mentally or physically for the, the intensity of contractions, it's, it's so much harder to get on top of it and stay on top of that because you are fearful. You're more afraid of the contractions of the next one coming, how it's feeling. And it's it's more scary than it is empowering when you haven't educated yourself about them and how to, how to really cope with them. And so I feel like what I know now, it's, that's another really good reason why you should learn these coping strategies, hire a doula, get educated, be empowered because it's, it's so much different when you can um, feel, um, feel prepared than um, just going in blindly. So the epidural did work for a couple hours and then I started to feel my contractions again, but I couldn't feel my legs and so it was really the opposite of what I wanted to happen. So they ended up redosing my epidural and then I was really numb, like I couldn't feel my legs or my contractions like nothing. And it was kind of a blessing, but then again, it was kind of crappy because I wanted to be able to feel when I needed to push and I had my nurse, my nurse had to tell me, "Oh, you're having a contraction. Now you can push." And that was kind of like not what I wanted, but I didn't have a choice. So I just went along with it. Um, so about three or four hours later, my doctor came to check on me. And he asked if I had been um, checked recently. And my nurse is like, oh, yeah, I checked her about 20 minutes ago. And she was like a seven. And he's like, oh, okay, well, I'll come back then. Because, you know, st- statistically, first-time moms tend to go a lot longer than I was Going, um, he's like, Oh, and then he turns around, he looks at my monitor, and he's like, Well, never mind, I'll check you real quick before I go. So he checks me, and he's like, Oh, well, you are completely dilated. <laughs> and um, he's like, Her head's right here. And I was like, Oh my gosh, can I feel it? So I reached in, and I felt this warm, soft, wet hair. It was like so bizarre and so incredible, and just it felt just so amazing. I was like, Wait that's, she's in my body. She's coming out. Like it, it's just like mind blowing. And so he stays in the room and he's like, let's start pushing. So I'm pushing and, um, him and my, him and my husband aren't talking about motorcycles and ATVs as I'm pushing and working with my body to bring her down. So (laughs) I'm like, okay guys, but it didn't bother me it was fine. It was to distract me, I guess. Um, and then my doctor put on his sterile scrubs and everything. And I was like, Oh crap. Yes. Things are getting serious. She's coming. This means that, um, her, you know, she's crowning. And so she, my nurse, she would like put her hand on my stomach. And once she could feel my stomach tightening and she watched my monitor as well. And she'd say, okay, so you take your deep breath in and you hold it and you bear down. And then they count to 10, like one, two and so you they count to 10 seconds and then you take another deep breath in and hold it so you're not really getting a lot of air and you're pushing three times in one contraction for 10 seconds each and so it gets kind of intense and that's when I feel like it's the hardest because you are like man you cannot you cannot catch your breath and you are pushing as hard as you have ever pushed you are pushing a human out of your vagina and it's so freaking hard um to hold your breath and push for the, for technically, I guess, 30 seconds at a time with just a short inhale between each. And, um, that was really exhausting. Um, and I did not like that, <laughs> but, um, but then Haley's, um, heart rate started to drop. So he had me put on oxygen to help. And so then a few pushes later and she came out, she came, came out screaming into the world at 12, 26 a.m. And it was so beautiful. And on the video, you can watch it in my, um, in my Facebook group called the doula guru. You can watch her whole birth video. It's pretty, pretty awesome. And, um, in the moment that she comes out, it's funny, you're watching my stomach and it's like this ball, this hard ball. And as soon as she comes out, it just goes like somebody just pops this balloon and it like deflates. It's pretty funny. And, um, So she was like screaming and he's sucking out the fluid out of her nose and her mouth. And I just reached down and hold her hand because I felt like I'm like, I just had this innate need just to give me my daughter. Like, just let me hold her on my chest. Like, that's just like what I want. And so I just reached down and hold her hand because that's all I can do at the moment. He puts her on my chest. They cut the cord and I'm just snuggling this beautiful girl. And oh man, it was just the most surreal and I'll forever have that moment just seared in my brain. So then I only got to hold her for a moment um, before the baby nurse took her and was putting eye ointment on her vitamin K shot. They took her, weighed her, measured her. Um, at the time, it didn't bother me because I thought, oh, well, that's just what they have to do. And when they like stimulated her, they're wiping like all the of vernix off. And at that time, I feel like it. this was six years ago, and I feel like a lot has changed since then. So at the time it didn't bother me, but when I watched the video back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I w- didn't even really get like a full hour with her before they did all of the, the things. And now I know that you can totally tell them, you know what, I want this hour by myself, like not by myself, but I want this hour to just hold her without anybody doing anything to her. Obviously they can listen to her heart tones um, and make sure she's okay that way, but they don't need to do the eye admit or the K shot or Weigh her or measure her. They don't need to do any of that yet. They just like to get their boxes checked. And so you c- can definitely say, hold on, you know, I want to wait a minute. And you can have that in your birth preferences just so that they know beforehand that that's that's your choice, that that's what you want to do. So anyway, so um, they come and do all that thing. They weighed her. She was six pounds, eight ounces, and 18 and a half inches long. So she was tiny, but I did tear. And at This whole time, this whole six years that she's been alive, I thought I tore because she came out so quickly, but watching the video back, this is another good reason I say to record video because you forget a lot. So I was listening back to the video and he's like, oh, you tore, but her hand was up by her face. So it's called like a nuchal hand where their hands are up by their eyes. You know, babies love to put their hands up by their face and she was born that way. And he's like, that's why you tore. And I didn't know that till now until I watched the video back six years later Anyway, so I did tear, so I had a second-degree tear, um, and so I had to get some sutures, but everything was fine. Um, so then I started to give breastfeeding a try, and I was really, really excited about, about doing this, but I remember feeling like I can't ask how to do this. I can't ask if I'm doing it right because I don't want somebody to tell me I'm doing it wrong. I don't want somebody to say, oh, you're not going to be able to do this. Um, oh, that's inappropriate. Like all these like negative thoughts come in my head. And so I didn't even want to ask, oh, am I doing this right? Am I doing, cause it's just like, it's a natural thing, you know, and you should be able to know how to do it. But luckily she did latch on and it was so beautiful Um, I was like, oh, I hope I'm I'm doing this right. So I just like put the nipple in her mouth, right? Like I did no educating before um, and it ended up being okay. So she does, she latched on about 30 minutes later. um, They're like, hey, well, let's take her to get bath and send us into the recovery room. So yeah, so they took her, Josh went with her and they wheeled me down to the recovery room. And this recovery room is like no bigger than My bedroom is probably bigger than this recovery room. Like you open up the door and it hits the bed. So anyway, it's a little bit small. It's a little bit small, especially when you have visitors come. You're like, I'm sorry. You're going to have to stand (laughs) or sit on my bed with me. But um, anyway, so they took her and then I went there and they brought her back. And she had this cute little yellow bow on and she just like was the super cutest little thing. Everything was pretty good until like 630 in the morning. Um, so I had her, like I said, at 1226 AM and this is at six thirty in the morning and I had not slept yet. So I hadn't slept for probably 24 ish hours and I was so tired. And, but you know, with a new baby, you have like all this adrenaline and it's so exciting. Um, so I w- had to go to the bathroom and so I laid her down in the middle of the bed, you know, Okay, if I go to the bathroom and leave the door open, I can still see her. I'm not that far away. So I'm sitting down in the bathroom and I look at, I'm watching the bed and I just see her hands shoot up and she just like starts like flailing her arms. And I'm like, oh my God. So like I stand up and I'm waddling over to the bed because my pants are down and I pick her up, immediately pick her up. And she's like kind of foaming, like bubbles are on her mouth and like she's choking on her fluid. So I section her out and she's fine, but of course I'm not fine. I'm freaking out. And so I page my nurse and I'm like, she's purple. She wasn't breathing. And so they come in and, and she's like, do you, do you want me to take her to the nursery so you can get some sleep? I'm like, yeah, that that's fine. You know? And I think before you're just like, as a new mom, you're just like, so afraid to let anybody think you can't do this or you don't know what you're doing that you're afraid to ask for help and that's exactly how I was I was like if I ask them to take her to the nursery so I can sleep that is not a good mom and I was completely wrong so she's like you need to sleep like (laughs) you need sleep like that's so important for you and for your baby and so they took her I got so I got some sleep and I felt much better um they brought her in when she was ready to nurse again um so it was really good. Her birth was really great. And I'm thankful I had a great provider and a great nurse. I really, really lucked out. Um, yeah, so that's Haley's birth story. Um, I'll go into her postpartum another episode. Um, but if you have any questions about her birth story, I am all ears and you can reach out to me. You can email me. You can DM me on Instagram at Trista Be doula or on Facebook is just Trista Birdzell. Um, I can link those down in the show notes and i am so excited to do this podcast with all of you and i hope that you are enjoying yourself if you if there's any content that you would like me to cover um i would love to hear we'll talk to you guys later bye bye